this morning, the message is a little bit different than, than what I normally would do. I, I always have a lot of scripture that I share with you as we make a point, but uh, the point this morning, most of these are going to be the scripture. Uh, I don't have a lot of commentary to go along with some of this, so uh, there will be a lot of scripture reading that we will share with you as we go through uh, the sermon this morning. I ask that you bear with us and pray for us as we do that. Uh, I won't ask you to necessarily turn there uh, to each one of them because I'm going to hit them pretty quick. Uh, but if you're making notes, that's fine. Or if you need some of the, the scriptures that we make reference to afterwards, uh, just be sure and see me after the sermon and we'll share those with you. And there's not any notes. Uh, and Randy's done hit me up about that. He said, I don't have any sermon notes. I said, well, I was going to let you have that, the, this little bit of time off today, it being Father's Day. So we're letting uh, Randy off with that. But I do... I uh, apologize for not getting those to the church office uh, so that they could be in your bulletin. Uh, and really, I don't even have a, a, a text that I would start with, but if I had one, it would be Matthew chapter number 6, uh, beginning in verse 9, if you want to make your way there. Uh, just to give you a heads up, we'll be in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians some, we'll be in Luke, we'll be in 1 John, we'll go to the book of Psalms and then Revelations as we get through, so... Like I said, it's, it's going to be a lot of scripture that I want to share with you, but I just want to do what God has placed upon our hearts. So uh, the title of the message, I guess, is simply the Heavenly Father. The Heavenly Father. Uh, you know, I've already said Happy Father's Day to your dads out there, and, and I hope that your day will be filled with friends and family and, and the frou-frou gifts that sometimes come with Father's Day, and, and hopefully... Uh, there will be plenty of good food, okay? And even if you're lucky, um, maybe most of this stuff will even be free. Uh, they won't even come with a bill attached if you're, if you're really lucky enough. I hope that you are. But as I started preparing for this message several weeks ago, uh, Michael asked me to, to preach several weeks ago, and I began to think about it being Father's Day and the word Father, uh, F-A-T-H-E-R. It just kept resounding in my mind. And uh, although I think we need to be challenged and examine ourselves as dads and fathers, and we usually hear a lot about that during a Father's Day message, today, however, I want us to focus on our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father. Are you with me? You understand where we're at? So today, I want us to look at some of the traits and the promises and character as we look at the word father so I said I really didn't have a text to start with but all of us are familiar with the Lord's prayer right and it says after this manner therefore pray ye our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name so our heavenly father this morning that's what I want us to focus on and as we begin to look and break down the word father the letter f and Father could represent that our Heavenly Father is faithful. Can I get an amen? Our Heavenly Father is faithful. In Deuteronomy chapter number 7, verse 9, it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse 9 it says, God is faithful by whom you were called into, his fellow, into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. On over in 1 Corinthians chapter number 10 verse 13, 
No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation he will also provide the way of escape that ye may be able to endure it. Randy's doing pretty good so far, isn't he? He's, getting us, he's keeping us set up. I tell you, God is faithful this morning. But me and other men are not always faithful, are we? Even believers are not always faithful. But I'm here to tell you, our Heavenly Father, God is faithful. The letter F in Father could also represent that our Heavenly Father is forgiving. Is forgiving. We all have a sin problem. We all have a sin problem, and our Heavenly Father, through the salvation, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ alone, is where we find His forgiveness. Our Heavenly Father is forgiving, and if we look ahead just a little bit to the letter A, it could represent that He is available. He is available to forgive. In Luke chapter number 11, beginning in verse 1, it says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Here's a little different version here another, uh, uh, from a, another gospel. It says in, in verse 2, and he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Listen at verse 4, and it says, and forgive us our sins. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. You see, our Heavenly Father is available to forgive, but we ourselves must ask for that forgiveness. He's willing, but are we willing to ask for it? That's something that you and I, that's on us. Uh, we have to ask for that forgiveness. And in 1 John, chapter number 1, in verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you proud of that this morning? Aren't you glad you can claim that promise of our Heavenly Father this morning? He's faithful, and He gives us forgiveness. Now here, confession in, the, in this verse is supposed to free us to enjoy fellowship with Christ. It should ease our conscience, and it should lighten our cares. Now, what happens when you sin? Uh, those of us that are Christians, when we sin, we slip up. Uh, we get off the, 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 the straight and narrow road, so to speak, and we wind up in a ditch. God is quick to convict us, isn't he? he put, he's got a string tied to our hearts, as my Uncle Drew, you like to say. And whenever I slip and I fall and I get away, he tugs at that string on my heart. And it lets me know that I have strayed. And I need to come to him and ask for forgiveness. The Heavenly Father allowed His beloved Son to die just so that He could offer us pardon. When we come to Christ, He forgives all the sins we have committed or ever or will ever commit. We don't necessarily need to confess the sins of the past all over again. And we don't need to fear that God will reject us if we don't keep up and keep our slate perfectly clean. Of course, we should continue to confess our sins when our heart string is tugged on when we know we've done wrong, but, but not because failure to do so will make us lose our salvation. Our relationship with Christ, our true relationship with Christ, when we are generally saved and born again, is secure. 
Nothing can change that. Our relationship with Christ is secure. Instead, when we confess, we should confess so that we can enjoy maximum fellowship and joy with Him. We all experience sin in our life, and we all maybe have, have went through a dark time uh, in our walk with Christ. And what happens when sin enters into our life? It separates us, don't it? It separates us not only from God, but it separates us from our family, our friends, our fellowship. So why wouldn't we want to confess and ask for the forgiveness to make things right? God, our Heavenly Father, not only is He available to forgive, but our Heavenly Father has the authority to give. He has the authority to forgive. In Mark chapter number 2, beginning in verse 5, it says, And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now listen, here's the way some of us would be if we was there in Jesus' day and he was walking. Verse 6 says, Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their heart, oh, what does this man, Why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? In verse 8 it says, And immediately Jesus perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. Now look, verse 10 says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Our Heavenly Father has the authority to forgive our sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. You know, that's just like my heavenly father. <laughs> uh, we got a home one day in heaven waiting for us. And when we get there, we're going to be able to say, I ain't never seen nothing like this before. I'm longing for that day. Are you? Our heavenly father has the authority to forgive. The letter A could also represent that our Heavenly Father is almighty. He's almighty. In Revelations 21 and 22, it says, And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. You see, our Heavenly Father is almighty, and He's the Alpha, and He's the Alpha and the Omega. Uh, back in chapter 1 there of Revelation, verse 8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I'm thankful this morning uh, that He is the Almighty. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek, Greek alphabet. Our Heavenly Father is the beginning and the end. Now, I tell you, we could think about that, and we could begin to dwell on that a whole lot, and it would absolutely blow our mind. It does me, anyway. Because we base everything here on time. You've heard me say this before. Uh, I can't get my head around him. Uh, he's always been and he always will be. That's what the scripture is telling us here. God the Father is the eternal Lord and ruler of the past, present, and the future. Without him you have nothing that is eternal. Nothing that can change your life. 
nothing that can save you from sin. Is the Lord your reason for living? I ask you that this morning. Is the Lord your reason for living? The Alpha and the Omega? Is he the Alpha and the Omega of your life? Honor the one who is the beginning and the end of all existence. The wisdom and the power that has ever existed. The letter T as we move on. The letter T in Father could represent that since our Heavenly Father is the Alpha and the Omega, therefore He is trustworthy. He is trustworthy. Back to Revelation 21 in verse 5 it says, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Verse 6, it says, and he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But verse 8 here gives us a warning. We need to be careful. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, and for the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. You hear, I'm, I'm trying to tell us this morning that God, our Heavenly Father, is trustworthy. Now, the atmosphere of God's eternal reign is holiness. Now, listen to me. Holiness will be the oxygen, so to speak, of heaven. Meanwhile, God's perfect moral character highlights his glory, and it can be seen everywhere. God will never do anything that is, moral, that is not morally perfect. He will always be perfect. So this should reassure us that we can trust him. He is trustworthy this morning. But yet it places a demand on us. You see, our desire to be holy, dedicated to God, and morally clean, that is our only suitable response. Uh, we must never use unholy means to reach a goal because God says, you must be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy, as he tells us in Leviticus 19 and 2. Our Heavenly Father is trustworthy, and in Him... Truth is found. Uh, Psalms chapter number 86. The letter, the letter T could represent that he is the truth. Beginning in verse 1 of Psalm 86. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day long. Verse 4. Gladden the soul of your servant for us, O Lord. I do lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Oh, does this encourage your heart this morning? It's not me. It's the scripture that I'm trying to get you to, to lean on and understand that it's a God thing. It's our Heavenly Father. Verse 6, give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. 
in the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you answer me. Oh, does that comfort your heart? There is none like you among God, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Verse 11, here it is. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. You see, our Heavenly Father is truth this morning. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. Our Heavenly Father is trustworthy. He is true, and he is our only hope. The letter H could represent that he is hope. John 14. Beginning in verse 1, it says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. I like the way the King James says that there. In my Father's house are many mansions. I like that a little better. But it says here in verse 2 in the English Standard Version, If it were not so, would would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? You see, our Heavenly Father is our only hope. Over in Romans chapter 5, it tells us there in verse 1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2 says, Through Him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The hope. The hope that is mentioned here in these verses is the hope that the scripture holds out. Paul said to a young preacher by the name of Titus in 2 and 13, he says in Titus 2 and 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and Savior Jesus Christ. To look for the Lord to come and to take his church out of this world, that's a glorious hope. Are you longing for that day? And it will take place at his appearing. Now, the child of God has this hope. That means he, us as children of God, have a future. He has something to look forward to. You and I are living in a day when man has all the comforts of life in an affluent society. But the interesting thing is he has no future. Even though we have all the world has to offer, Many don't have a future. The world today is looking for a hope, looking for a future. This explains the restlessness that is throughout our world. I believe it has driven many people to alcohol, to drug addiction, and down other avenues that are dead-end streets. Why? Because they've lost hope of the future. But us, the child of the Heavenly Father, we have hope, a blessed hope. And we know that all things are going to work together for good. He, he knows, we know that there's nothing going to separate us from the love of God. How wonderful that hope is, the blessed hope of the church. Romans 15 and 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. 
the letter H should represent not only that he's our hope, but our Heavenly Father is holy. Psalms 99, beginning in verse 1. It's a great psalm. Psalms 99, it says, The Lord reigns, let the people tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim, let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the people. Let them praise the great and awesome name. Holy is he. The king in his might loves justice. You have established equity. You have executed justice and righteousness in Jacob. Exalt the Lord our God. Or worship at his footstool. Holy is he. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those who called upon his name. They called to the Lord and he answered them. In the pillar of the cloud he spoke to them. They kept his testimonies and the statue that he gave them. Verse 8, O Lord our God, you answered them. You are a forgiving God to them, but an avenger to their wrongdoing. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain. For the Lord and our God is holy. Our Heavenly Father is our hope, and He is holy this morning. God's holiness is a terribly frightening to sinners. But what a wonderful comfort it is, it is to us as believers. God is morally perfect and is set apart from people in sin. He has no weakness or shortcomings. For sinners, this is frightening because all of their inadequacies, all of their evil, they are exposed in the light of God's holiness. God cannot tolerate, ignore, or excuse sin. For believers, God, God's holiness gives comfort because as we worship Him, we are lifted from the mire of sin. And as we believe in Him and humble ourselves before Him, we are made holy. We are being made more like Him as we trust Him and as we place our faith in Him and as we strive to become more like Him. Our Heavenly Father is holy and He is merciful to grant us eternal life. The letter E could represent that He is eternal, that He is everlasting. John 3 Verse 36, the first part there says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. On over in chapter 10 of St. John, verse 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. See, our Heavenly Father is everlasting, and He will reward us a home in heaven. So last, we're now to the R. The, the letter R could represent that he will give us an, a reward. In Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 6, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Think about that for a minute. Just let that sink in. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I already shared these first two verses with you here in John 14, verses 1 and 2. 
For it says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? You see, our Heavenly Father will, re- will reward us. That's kind of a ton- tongue tr- twister, twister, twister. Our Heavenly Father will reward us when he returns to claim his own. You see, the letter R could also represent that he is returning. Look at verse 3 there in John 14. I like this part. It says, and if I go and prepare a place for you, what is he going to do? I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, and there you may be also. Does that make you excited this morning? Oh, I tell you, I don't know exactly what all we're going to be doing, uh, but it's going to be pleasant. It's going to be a great time there because we're going to be with God forever and ever, our Heavenly Father. These are a few verses in Scripture that describe eternal life. But these few verses are rich with the promises. Here Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and I will come and get you. We can look forward to eternal life because Jesus has promised it all to who believe in him. Although the details of eternity may be unknown, we need not fear because Jesus is preparing for us and will spend eternity with us. The last scripture I have this morning is 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, beginning in verse 14. It's a familiar passage to us. I'm sure all of these have been to us. But it says there in verse 14 of 1 Thessalonians 4, For since we have... For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Listen, here's another great promise our Heavenly Father has given us this morning. Verse 15, for this we declare to you by word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left unto the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of a command, with the voice of the archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so will we always be with the Lord. Are you claiming that promise this morning? Are you claiming that promise this morning? Our Heavenly Father has given it to us, but we must claim it. It's on us if we don't. It's on us. So Kelly, if you would come this morning, we'll have a time of invitation, a time of reflection. In closing, I am going to challenge you a little bit, Dad, speaking specifically to you, but not only to you, but to all of us. Listen, do you strive to be the father that is faithful and forgiving to your family? Do you provide the expected authority? And are you available for your family? I ask you, Dad, are you trustworthy? Are you truthful with your family? Dad, where does your hope lie? It should be in the Holy Heavenly Father. Dad, where do you plan to spend eternity? Will you be rewarded When the Heavenly Father returns, how about it, Dad? How about you, Mom? How about you, daughter? How about you, brother? Where will your heavenly home be? 
Dad, if you want to be the best father that you can be, if you want to be the very best dad that you can be, I challenge you to be like Jesus. Strive to be like Jesus, like our Heavenly Father. Would you stand this morning? Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. I pray, dear God, that we all long to be like you. I pray that we all have already made that preparation for the day that you return. But, Father, there may be just a part of us that hasn't surrendered yet. There may be one here today that has not surrendered anything. Father, I pray today that all of us in this room, before we leave, we would surrender all. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.